The Things We All Carry is a podcast about first responders and their stories surrounding trauma on the job. The intention of this podcast is to raise awareness and share meaningful conversation around a subject often viewed as taboo or simply ignored. Be aware this content may be graphic and it is real. It may not be suitable for children or adults triggered by this subject matter. Welcome to episode 68 of The Things We All Carry. I had the pleasure of speaking to Megan Louts this week. Megan is a registered dietitian and personal trainer. She works for Fairfax County here in Virginia and has her own personal practice as well. She's better known as at RescueRD on social media. Megan has made it her ambition to help first responders with nutrition and the rigors of working these jobs and shifts. According to her bio and her website, first responders face unique challenges when it comes to health. These challenges have inspired me to create targeted, realistic solutions through the life cycle of a first responder's career. I thrive on translating complicated health information into manageable lifestyle changes that fit into an unpredictable shift. Our conversation centers around how to prep for life and meals while on shift and in the firehouse. We also discuss fad diets, caffeine, electrolytes, BMI, and simple tricks and trades to nutrition. A quick reminder to please help us build a community which not only recognizes but supports each other through the struggles and recovery. Reach out through Instagram at the things we all carry or email my story at the things we all carry.com to offer support and share your story. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes and give a shout out to any first responder you know, love, or care about. Y'all enjoy the show. Today I have Megan and she's known as the rescue dietitian or rescue RD on Instagram. And I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself and why she got into this profession and why she chose to practice it in the fire service. But also I'll let her kind of give her, her, um, her social media links out there real, real quick to start off. So how are you doing, Megan? I am great. I'm excited to be here. Uh, like you said, I'm Megan Louts. I'm a registered dietitian that specializes in first responders. Um, and I'm available as rescue.rd on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Awesome. Perfect. So all the, all the typical spots. All the good spots, right? So why this, why this profession? Why a dietitian? What, what brought you into that field? Sure. Yeah. So, um, originally in college, I had started off as an athletic trainer major, um, just because I wanted to work in sport and, and help people, you know, perform their best. But then I realized you had to touch people and I don't like touching people. <laughs> I don't like blood. I don't like smells. I'm like guts. Um, so you can see why I can't be a first responder. Um, so I ended up switching over to dietetics, uh, kind of with the sports nutrition and corporate wellness interests, uh, and fell into a job at an occupational medical clinic in Montgomery County. Maryland, where I ended up working a lot with uh, firefighters specifically and a little bit of police as well. And it just took off from there and, and just kind of found out that there really aren't a whole lot of dietitians specializing um, in nutrition to actually fit the first responder lifestyle and tendency. And instead of trying to put first responders into that box of being perfect nine to five people, I kind of more adjust nutrition to be more specific, not only to the lifestyle, but also, also the needs um, and health risks that first responders have specifically. Okay. So you, you grew up in the area, in, in, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Baltimore. And All then, right. uh, and I still live in Baltimore and I commute to Fairfax, Virginia for Fairfax County Fire and Rescue. I work there full time. 
um, which is a bit of a commute, but you know, it's worth it. I was going to say that is a bit of a commute because uh, I mean, I know what that traffic can be like. Yeah. Great. I don't reckon, but you know, podcasts, right? <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's a typical day look for, look like for you as a dietitian in, in a fire service? Sure. Um, so it, it varies really drastically. So, um, uh, I prioritize being in the field, kind of like a boots on the ground approach to working with first responders. If I sit in the OC health clinic and just wait for them to roll in and talk to me, that's just like not how that's going to work. Um, so it could be, um, a station lunch. I'll do Buffalo chicken wraps or a smoothie demo or a dinner demo. Uh, I have done the other day I was doing a hydration station with the recruits and they were like, do you want to go into the burnt? And I was like, absolutely I do. So yeah. I got to observe, um, in uh, like a basement fire kind of evolution, which was pretty cool. Um, so it, it, it really kind of varies pretty drastically. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching, that kind of stuff. And that's what I do in my day job at Fairfax Fire and Rescue. And then I also do consulting through Rescue RD. Um, so I might take some side clients in the evening, do a presentation. Um, sometimes people take me all over the country, so I'm pretty spoiled. So when you say you do side jobs as consulting from Rescue RD, what, what, what does that, is it corporate? Is it fire departments? Is it individuals? What, what is it? And then, okay. Oh, yeah. So sometimes individuals are like, Hey, uh, you know, I see the stuff on social media. I really need someone who really understands my job. Um, and can give me something a little bit more personalized so I can see the results I want to see. Typically it's fat loss when people come to me. Um, so how do I lose fat while I'm working ship work and, um, you know, have a family and I'm getting married or getting divorced and working around that life stuff. Right. Um, so sometimes it's like self-pay through an individual or it's a county calling me saying, Hey, we'd love to have you come out either for a wellness day or a presentation or a demo or speak at a conference, um, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're going to, you and I will get back to that in, after we finish recording, because sure. I, I have, I have a proposal <laughs> for you. I have a proposal for I you and proposal. it's nothing I've announced yet, but it's something I'm working on with, uh, Stephanie from the five after midnight podcast. If, I don't, if, oh, well, I know her well. Exactly. I assumed you county. did. Yeah. So it's something that she and I are working on and, and we're aiming for the fall. So we'll talk about it. And there's a little teaser awesome. for the, for the audience. Um, so I know that you and I have, have talked briefly, we talked a little bit before we started recording and we, we're kind of talking about the issues mm -hmm. we wanted to talk about. Cause I think firefighters face, uh, I, the gamut of issues when it comes to, to diet and nutrition. Right. And I think most of all, I mean, we all hear these diets and these fads and, and you, you hear someone say, oh no, you, you, you gotta go low carb or you gotta go, you know, sure. you, whatever the, whatever the fad is, you know, if, if, if it's intermittent. Uh, fasting and, and just none of these are ever done correctly in the fire service just because of what the schedule and the job is. Correct. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you got to think about the sleep deprivation and the exposure to trauma and all of those things. It, a normal nine to fire is not seeing that stuff. Right. Exactly. And, and normal nine to fiver is probably not up at two 30 in the morning going, all right, well, I'm up, I'm up now. So let me grab, let me grab the ice cream from the freezer that's left over right. for dinner. Um, uh -huh. well, and then, of course there are some nine to fivers are doing that. We know that, but so when we talk about diets and fads, what do you often find amongst firefighters? Yeah. So, I mean, I think most first responders know this. You guys are either on the plan or you are way off the plan, right? And there's really no gray area. The job is extreme. Um, and you guys just have those tendencies to go into extremes. So you guys are also really susceptible to, um, 
to those kinds of plans and the yeah and that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it, basically, I pretty much see a lot of my first responders, especially as I've been working over the past five years, keep kind of bounce from bad diet to bad diet. The most popular ones that I have seen um, recently, you know, when I started, it was keto. Keto was really popular in like 2015, 2017. Um, intermittent fasting has been consistently popular. Um, a bunch of different types of plans. But the challenge is that they're getting this from like a social media influencer or like um, even professionals, you know, they're getting it from their docs at the off health clinic um, who just aren't even thinking about the job. Like what happens if you run a box, right? And like, are you going to have the fuel you need to perform optimally? Or is that diet going to impact you and your performance and your energy levels throughout the day? So when you when you say keto and 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 i know keto is that almost near you try to eliminate carbs and and then it's more than that because right. if you if you have too much protein it actually ke- kicks you out of ketosis as well um, right and that's a different kind of energy is what the claim is correct it, it, it burns ketones and fats instead of off of carbs and sugar well sugar are carbs but it, it, exactly. and that's the basic science behind it correct Correct. Yeah. And it was originally intended for seizures. Um, so when I was a student, the only they ta- we talked about keto diets, you know, for probably 20 minutes and they were like, hey, you might have a seizure patient. It's probably going to be a child. Um, so, you know, you get it on the field a couple of years in and, and people are keto, keto, keto. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why are we doing this? So um, a lot of people will do it for weight loss. The challenge is when your body's um, eliminates all that glycogen or carbohydrate storage. It also eliminates quite a bit of water and people can lose between 10 to 15 pounds as they slowly uh, eat away at that glycogen. But as soon as you have a pizza and a beer at your captain's retirement, you gain like 10 pounds. It feels like pretty much over. Um, so the weight fluctuations can be significant and also the ability to maintain it and stay on it consistently. Like you can't screw up. It's not an option. So it's a very inflexible option for, you know, people who tend to like food. Well, and not only food, but let's face it, firefighters like to drink and alcohol will, will knock you out of ketosis. Yep. Because it's sugar, yep. correct? I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, it depends on what, what drink it is and that kind of thing. Like, yeah, if you're a beer person, I would not suggest you know, you know, um, I'm sure there are workarounds. I'm sure there are special products or whatever. Um, but that's where like, people will be like, oh, healthy eating is so expensive. And it's like, it's actually really not. It's just if you continue to buy hyped up marketed products like the keto bombs that you'll see at the grocery store, you know, it's going to become expensive because you're now uh, kind of falling prey to a lot of marketing. Um, and sometimes that's needed. Sometimes people need those products for health purposes, but I would say most people don't. So ultimately you know the intermittent fasting i hear people use quite often as well mm-hmm. you know I, I i hear people go well i'm going to work out and then my first meal is going to be lunchtime and so I, I i can see the obvious the inherent danger in that being if you're not ready for that and you do run that box at at 6 30 in the morning and you're not going to eat you're not planning to eat till noon and you haven't eaten since 6 6 30 the evening before well you're you're going to be you're going you're to be in a severe caloric deficit almost immediately, correct? Yeah, well, right. So that's my concern, right? So um, when it comes to fad diets in general, if someone came to me at like a firefighter and they're like, I want to try X diet, like intermittent fasting or whatever, 
Um, I don't say like, no, you can't do that diet, right? Because I think everybody has the autonomy to choose what diets and things that they want to try um, and just see how they, you know, it's experiment, see how they feel. Because some people do feel better on these diets and they stay on it long term. It's just the percentage is really low. Um, so intermittent fasting is one of those where um, I do have a lot of first responders who actually do it. And, but the challenge is, is if someone is pushing this on you and they're not considering your lifestyle, like you said, if you run a box at 11, are you going to perform as optimally if you had eaten breakfast or had a snack before? And what is the risk of you getting lightheaded or not performing well when you show up to that alarm? So if you choose and you want to do intermittent fasting, my suggestion is to make sure you have some sort of quick carbohydrate source in a go bag on whatever rig you're on. Um, my, my favorite one is going to be applesauce pouches because you can drink that down like literally in two seconds. I know how like unrealistic that sounds when you're like actually getting to play with fire and you're getting your gear on and figuring out how you're going to do the attack and blah, 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 but just like suck it down real quick and it will make a difference. Um, so it's just kind of making those considerations for people on shift work. Um, and, and also considering maybe a 12 and 12, like a 12 hour fast instead of a 16 hour fast to start. It's funny you say the applesauce because I just saw your post this morning about applesauce as a pre-workout. I love it. <laughs> it's my <laughs> so, favorite snack to recommend. People think I'm a nut all, but you know, that's the truth. So, so you, you try to stay away from diets and fads. And obviously you just said that per person, it might be very specific and, and, they, and somebody could get away with it and, and be very successful yeah. on it. But in general, you're saying, hey, let's just eat smartly. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, well... My, my suggestion is, especially when people come to me, is just reviewing their diet and looking for gaps, right? Like what are the things that are throwing them off and could be either impacting their energy levels, impacting their hunger levels, which can impact how quickly they lose weight if that's their goal, um, if their muscle mass is a thing. So I'm kind of looking at the overall diet and seeing what the balance is and seeing what's missing. And if I look at a, a first responder like food log, typically the biggest gaps are gonna be fiber um, for my female first responders, they tend to struggle with protein a little bit more than the male first responders. Um, and then, of course, water is a challenge and just getting the fruits and vegetables. Um, and all of that sounds really simple, like when I just spit it out. But actually changing those behaviors to incorporate those things is very hard for a lot of people. So when you, when you begin a, a consultation with a firefighter, is that what you start mm -hmm. with? Log your food for X amount of days? Um, sometimes I will. We, we used to do that when I was with Paratox. We started with a three-day food log for my fitness pal. Um, th th but then that created like a barrier, right? Like they're like, like that's just one other thing I have to do. Whereas mm -hmm. like, it's just easier for them to just show, like just to get them to show up. And then I'll just do a recall. And then I'll ask them to do that for a week or two. If they're open to it and it's the right fit for that person. Logging doesn't work for everyone. I know this personally. I used to do bodybuilding and, um, I developed a very poor relationship with logging my food and it made me go a little bit um, off the reservation. So it's it's not the right fit for me personally to log every detail. And that's the same for some of my clients. Um, but it is a good tool to get started to just see where your numbers are landing. Um, and especially for a dietitian, then I can actually see like, oh, you had a salad. Okay, like what was in that salad? Um, and those kinds of things. Ah, uh, yeah, the infamous salads because we all know what salads some can be very healthy right. and some can be the, the, a fat bomb and loaded with sodium right. and sugar. Correct. 
And so, and you know, sometimes that's what you want and, and that's fine. Uh, you know, but I, again, when that's an every single day thing and like 2000 calories for a salad, it's like, I would have rather have a burger. What, what are we doing here? Um, so. so we kind of segueing from diets and fads. I, mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that some of those might lead into some, some sort of eating disorder that might be prevalent in the fire service. And, and are you seeing sure. that in the fire service? Oh, uh, yeah. So it, 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 it depends. I would say, um, so disorder eating, I wouldn't say I see a ton of like really, like, it's pretty rare. I see something dangerous enough that I'm like, please go see a doctor kind of thing. It's just some just maybe learned behaviors, things pick people pick up from social media, from their parents and those kinds of things. Um, the one I would say I probably see more of is like that binge eating and it's not necessarily binge eating disorder where it's just like going grossly out of control. It's a lot of times what will happen is people will, oh my God, they realize they gained the 20 pounds from recruit class overnight. Like they haven't felt it over the past five years or 10 years. And they, then they just feel very uncomfortable. So the knee jerk reaction is to slash their calories in half or lower. And then they have no energy. They feel like crap and it leads to a binge. And then they're bloated again and they keep this like weird yo-yo thing. So a lot of times when people come to me, I actually start them pretty high calorie and they're like, why is this so high? Well, the reason it's so high is I need to be consistent on that first before we make any hard moves. Plus, I want you to lose weight on the highest amount of calories possible so that when you hit a plateau, I have somewhere to move from it. Um, but yeah, I would say the biggest one I would see is probably like that, like restrict, 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 binge, restrict, 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 binge. And it, it, it really messes people mentally. What about overeating? You I know, just in general, like without the fluctuations. Yeah. I mean, because we all sit down for a firehouse meal and, and, and I can oh, guarantee yeah. you, none of us, none of us, not, excuse me, not none of us. Most of us aren't, you know, restricting on a day-to-day basis, but then we sit down and we're like, oh man, that, that third serving of tater tots sounds pretty damn good. You know, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. I see it. I, I imagine you see it all over the place. Sure. Well, and Alex, the hard part about that is, is people are like, oh, firefighters, just like stop overeating. And it's like, excuse me, do you sleep? Like, do you run four pounds after midnight? Like, who are you talking to? Uh, sorry, I didn't agree about it. Um, but, you know, it's uh, ship work actually makes it a lot harder to regulate your appetite. And there is evidence to support that. Um, when you do not get like at least five or six hours of sleep a night, ideally, you know, consecutive hours, which is very hard on shift work. We see an increase in uh, ghrelin, which is a hunger stimulating hormone, and a reduction in leptin, which is a hunger um, really quenching hormone. That's not the right word. So it's a, having a moment. is it a hormone that tells you you're satiated? Yes, it's that satiating hormone that's like, hey, you're full. Um, so what ends up happening is people are significantly hunger, hungrier after a night of poor sleep, about 24% hungrier. And then their food choices are also off. So higher sodium, higher fat, higher sugar options. Plus, I don't know if you've noticed this, many first responders are very fast eaters. So we, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I, I like inhaling a plate of food in two minutes typically isn't going to give your body or your brain that minute to actually register it at your stomach is full so you actually still feel hungry so you go get another second or third plate to try and quench that and next thing you know you feel really bloated some people get like 
borderline dumping syndrome where they're sprinting off to the bathroom, um, which is an uncomfortable situation if you're in a medic unit. So um, sometimes it's also the speed of eating in addition to the fact that it's a ship work. It's funny you mentioned the, the, the fast eaters. I mean, anybody that's been on a busy mm -hmm. unit kind of sits down and they say, okay, I get to see food, food. Oh, wait a second. I got to shove this in real quick before I run back out. Right. Cover you it know, with a paper towel and off I go. Yeah. The problem is, is that carries over. Cause once you leave this, the busy unit and you go to a slower unit, you still have that tendency to, to eat very fast or, right. or you, it carries over to date your, your life outside of the fire station, which I know I've caught myself doing. I've heard people go, I've, I've, I know that I've sat down with a group of people to eat. And then I look yeah. around and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Everybody else is still eating and my plate's clear. And then it's, mm -hmm. and I had to remind myself, slow down. The, that, that alarm's not going to drop. And even in the firehouse, it's probably not going to drop, but it does. You can sure. still slow down yeah, and, and eat. Sure, sure. So my suggestion for that is for my people who are a little anxious about that. And there are definitely stations who like, I did a 24 hour shift with one of the busy stations in, the, in, our count, in Montgomery County. And I, it took me three times before I could eat dinner. So, like, if, at least eat the first plate. Eat it at your normal pace. But if you're going to go for seconds, then, you know, try and purposely slow yourself down. And that first plate, ideally, should be half veggies. Because the veggies are going to force yourself to slow down. Because typically you have to chew more. Can't really, like, swallow romaine lettuce whole, but I'm... Sure, it could happen in the fire service. I say, if, you, if you're throwing down a challenge, I'll find somebody that can do it for you. Listen, I I have no doubt. <laughs> um, so overeating, eating fast, and then I'm gonna have to imagine that that the food is comfort, and it coming from the sense of mm -hmm. of the the traumas that we see, the 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 stresses, the stressors that we we encounter, or even just stuff off the job. I, th I think that food as comfort is, is got to be a big thing for, for first responders in general. Well, absolutely. And the other thing is, is people think that they have to cut those out, right? Like they should never have them again because the public perception and even some professionals who work with fire, they're like, oh, well, you're tactical athletes. You guys should be eating perfect all the time. But the reality is there's no reason why we can't have pizza and ice cream and beer and all of those things. Um, but we're trying to reduce how frequently we have them and maybe not having them every single day. Or if you do have them every single day, the portion is smaller. Um, and sometimes by telling people like, hey, um, one of my tricks for first responders is one sweet a day. And for someone who has a really big sweet tooth, we might do two sweets a day. But if you pay attention, like especially on the holidays and there's like cookies all over the counters and you're at a busy station, like you could be at like five or six cookies or half donuts a day, right? Um, because you're picking things up after calls. So that one sweet a day, that two sweet a day is actually a big challenge for people, but they still have the option to have it. Where you take away the option, it makes people want it more. Um, so yes, uh, certainly the mental health side impacts the food choices in addition to the shift work impacting the food choices. So if someone is like, they can't stop, like they're coming to me and they're like, Megan, I, I just can't, it's the third, fourth, fifth, sixth session. They're like, I still can't do this. And I'm like, hey, it might not be me who needs to help you anymore. We might need you to go work with a behavioral health provider because it sounds like there's something underlying going on here. Um, whether it's, you know, trauma they haven't really worked through yet, uh, whether that's from work or from their childhood. Um, because our parents, you know, what, while they might have had good intentions, um, certainly impact 
how we see food and, and how we enjoy food. Um, so, so some of that stuff might be more of the mental health side of the house. Um, and I just refer out. Yeah, that's it. Childhood. I just had a discussion, well, a quick text conversation with, with one of my followers about mm -hmm. how childhood just keeps coming back to, to haunt people. And, oh, and, yeah. and <laughs> it, I forget that, man, your parents can, your parents can really jack you up when it comes to food. And it's, you know, I talked about it. She, she sent a, a, a excerpt from a book and it, it was talking about we've all experienced trauma and it went through this litany of stuff that mm -hmm. you could have imagined that you could have experienced as a child. She, I could check every box on this paragraph. And I said, yeah, it's, it's amazing how much effect that those times have on us. And, and I, we didn't even talk about mm -hmm. food, but that's, but yeah, of course I didn't even think about the, you need to finish your plate kind of conversation that you have at dinner time. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and like I said, a lot of times therapists are just going to be better at working people through that. Um, and then of course, a lot of times, especially in Fairfax, like we have providers on site, like I can directly talk to it and communicate and then figure out how we can get the right plan for that person. Um, so, you know, there's, there's plenty of therapists on online and then there's a lot of intuitive eating dietitians that are really great at what they do. Um, and I incorporate some of that into working with first responders. Um, but it's really hard to get a first responder to kind of slow down and just like, think about their hunger and think about taste and, uh, you know, how they're feeling about food, because a lot of times we don't want to feel the feelings. Uh, the feel the feelings it's, that comes from, uh, I've interviewed, uh, a therapist three times now she goes by swear therapy. And, and that's the one thing she likes to say is feel your feelings and, and no, none of us mm -hmm. want to feel our feelings because it's just too real at times. Yes. So. All right. So we've covered a few things there and, and I know we have a list of, of topics, you know, we're kind of halfway through the, the allotted time here. So I wanted to hit something and I want to kind of talk about it a little bit more in depth, the caffeine topic that is so sure. prevalent. I, I mean, we use caffeine. It, it is our drug of choice, correct? I, I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy. It's accessible and it makes you feel, you know, like you have some, some level of energy, right? So, so what, um, what exactly does caffeine do to a body? Yeah. So it actually just reduces your feeling of fatigue. So as you go through your day, um, kind of comes down to like circadian rhythm. So the longer you're awake, the more adenosine kind of builds up in your system. And what caffeine will do is it'll um, bind to that receptor that adenosine typically uh, binds to and gives a false sense of wakefulness. Um, so a lot of times, actually, one of the biggest myths first responders have is, oh, well, caffeine gives me energy. And technically, it just reduces your level of fatigue. So um, that's a big challenge, especially when it comes to like pre-workouts and like yelling prior to workouts for both recruits and then firefighters who work out. Um, where they'll just drink a ton of caffeine before a workout, but not eat. And then wonder why, like their like heart rate's beating and their face is itching and, you know, but their workout still wasn't great. Now I've actually gotten some first responders to eliminate. Now this sounds crazy. Pre-workout by doing applesauce or a fig bar or a carb before their workout, because it wasn't the, the, um, caffeine that they were lacking. They were actually lacking physical energy from food from carbohydrates that provide calories. So, uh, that is, that is one big myth. Hey guys, quick break right here, just to check in and thank each of you for listening to the show. 
Your support has been paramount, and I appreciate all of you. I have one request, though. I need you to share the show with everyone you know. Help me get the word out and spread these stories as far and as wide as we can. While you're at it, please leave a review of the show wherever you happen to listen. Feel free to reach out to me at any time to share your story, to talk, or to pass on suggestions. Let's get on with the rest of the show. All right, so what are the long-term effects of caffeine? Yeah, well, so it's, it depends, right? Um, caffeine done in excess can have um, several side effects, which a lot of first responders tend to overlook. Um, so obviously, uh, any sort of heart um, conditions, it can make worse. Um, it can cause your heart rate to raise. Um, it can cause anxiety for some people and insomnia. Uh, and usually we're trying to keep caffeine under 400 milligrams per day, which is roughly 30 to 40 ounces of coffee total in a day, which in my mind is not unreasonable, but you go to one of the tech rescue stations and they say those are rookie numbers. So, and, um, and hey, I'm not to judge because as I said, when we got on the phone, I had a cappuccino right in front of me. So I, I, I'm guilty. Right. I'm, I'm guilty. Listen. If I came into first response into a firehouse and said, all of you need to cut caffeine out entirely, I would be set on fire and not put out. So like, I don't think it's reasonable. I mean, I'm not giving up coffee. So I don't think it's reasonable to ask people to give up caffeine unless there's a medical reason for doing so. Um, there are some medical reasons for cutting caffeine to 200 milligrams, which is typically um, high blood pressure, acid reflux, which a lot of firefighters have. And again, caffeine is just fueling for that reflux. Um, and then also pregnancy and then some other heart conditions. So um, yeah, um, basically it's not necessarily that you need to cut it. It's just you need to pay attention to how much you're doing. And most people aren't overdoing it with coffee. It's the energy drinks and the pre-workouts that are, you know, really jacking that number up. Well, here's a question. You mentioned the energy drinks. And so a lot of those, mm -hmm. you know, I don't care if they, they, some claim, oh, natural, but that's, they're claiming natural flavor or whatever. It's those, there's nothing really, right. I mean, there might be some component of it that's natural, but is there a difference between a natural drink like coffee with caffeine versus mm -hmm. an energy drink mm -hmm. with it that's not natural? Is there, is it, is it a, a lesser of two evils kind of thing? It, well, it's more of like the combination of the types of caffeine and other additives that they're throwing in there that can cause a higher risk for side effects. Um, so that's things like guarana. Guarana is a source of caffeine. It's similar to like a coffee bean, like it's a, it's technically a fruit um, and it has caffeine, you know, as a product. Guarana is actually banned by the NCAA. So, um, which, you know, is not necessarily important for firefighters, but if you had a kid in sports who is about to go play college ball, then um, that's a serious consideration. Um, because Celsius is a big one right now that has guarana in it. Um, eat Herba Mate, uh, green tea extract, and a lot of these energy drink companies will just like jam a bunch of things together. We just don't know what those effects are. And um, also the mixing of different types of energy products. So it could be um, one of those Gen Z rappers whose name I can never remember oh, or pronounce. Um actually went to the hospital recently for having two cups of coffee uh, with a um, fat burner. Uh, he took two, I think, hydroxy cut pills. Mm. And what a lot of people don't realize is those fat burners or the thermogenics, you know, that all of the uh, fitfluencers are shilling out on the internet. 
Um, the reason they're thermogenic is because they're really high in caffeine. So it could be 300 milligrams of caffeine in there for them to not even do what they say they do and cause, like they, they're not effective for fat loss. They're really effective as, at causing, you know, side effects in hospital visits though. All right. So you say 400 milligrams is a healthy dose of caffeine. Mm -hmm. I know that I, I probably consume more than 400 milligrams across the course of a day, especially on shift. Um, mm -hmm. and you mentioned the things that you can do to increase energy as opposed to decrease the feeling of tired and you're, cause caffeine mm -hmm. does just that. It, it decreases the feeling of tired. So how, right. what are so, uh, applesauce, fig, fig bars? What else did you say? Um, so prior to work, just having a carb prior to your workout. Okay, so so that, uh, some of the more portable options is applesauce, fig bars, quick bars, RX bars, those kinds of things. And then other than that, the, the best way for, for energy is to kind of dial in. And this is going to be the most, the most difficult thing for firefighters, dial in sleep, correct? Sleep and yeah, nutrition as well. Um, sometimes the intermittent fasting actually makes people more tired and have, or feel like they have less energy. Um, but they're so stoked on the weight loss or, or, you know, so, um, enamored by whatever marketing is around that, uh, that they overlook that they feel like garbage. <laughs> um, so paying attention to that. And then the one other thing too, is the timing of your caffeine. So typically we want to stop it at no later than 4 PM. If bedtime is 9 PM, just because caffeine has a half-life of four to five hours. So, um, it, you're still going to have half of that caffeine in your system after five hours. Um, so it can impact your sleep, which a lot of people say, oh, I can have a cup of coffee, you know, as we're chatting at the dinner table and then fall asleep right after that. But it's not going to prevent you from falling asleep. It's going to mess with your sleep cycles. So you spend less time in deep sleep. You spend less time in rapid eye movement sleep. You feel like garbage the next day when you wake up. What do you reach for more of? Caffeine. So, um, timing of caffeine is also pretty important there as well. The coffee is always on. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. If you can get your rookie to switch to decaf after two, uh -huh. that's the ideal. But I also know I get a lot of crap on the internet. for You're, You are I'm out sorry. here. You're just, you're just all in the mood for violence. I get it. All right. I, listen, I, I usually wake up and choose violence. It's the only way I can take one. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So is it safe to say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it safe to say, get your caffeine in as natural a state as possible, i.e. tea yeah. or coffee, um, mm -hmm. and then limit the, the amount and, and then make sure that the schedule, you kind of schedule those caffeine breaks. So prevent it from being after four o'clock or, or close to bedtime. Correct. Um, and then the only other thing I would add to that is from working with firefighters for five years, I, I don't actually think it's always realistic for every fire. Like, we're never going to see a department that just eliminates, you know, uh, energy drinks and pre-workout supplements entirely. I, I personally don't see that as realistic. However, if you're not going, you know, I don't recommend pre-workout. I don't recommend energy drinks. If you're going to be like my husband and ignore me entirely when it comes to that recommendation, then my recommendation is to keep it to under 400 milligrams total in a day. So ideally with less than 200 milligrams of caffeine per can. So that knocks out big, that knocks out big uh, uh, rain, Celsius heat, a lot of pre-workout supplements now. So um, actually I've gotten to this really sad point in my career where when people are trying to cut back on caffeine, 
I will recommend Monster or energy drinks. I'll recommend Monster because Monster and Red Bull, the sugar-free versions, both have like between 140 and 160 milligrams of caffeine a day. So it's a stepping stone down to cut caffeine from the bangs, the rays in half while still giving the, uh, I guess, feeling the routine of having, you know, an energy drink or something like that. So it's actually one of my tools to help people pull back on their caffeine intake um, without the crazy headaches and the mood swings and the flu-like symptoms that can come with cutting out caffeine. Yeah, that that was going to be my next question. If, if someone comes to you and mm-hmm. does say, hey, I, I think I need to cut it out, what what is the process and, and is there a way to kind of defeat that? And and so that's one way is kind of the step-down method. And then yeah. what else? Just tons of water to, to t- kind of flush it out a little bit? Or, or what do you suggest? I wouldn't say it's like needed to be like, well, like your body's going to process it, you know, uh, eventually. Uh, it, but in terms of, I, I don't think, again, there's a need to cut out caffeine entirely unless there's a medical reason, of course. Um, but sometimes I have worked with people who are at 1200 milligrams of caffeine a day. And the way people tend to get to that is, okay, you add one energy drink in the morning that doesn't work anymore. You build a tolerance, you add another in the afternoon. Now your workout sucks. So you're going to add a pre-workout supplement and it starts to build and build and build and build. So looking for those lower caffeinated options is going to be your best bet. Um, and then of course, switching ideally to some of those more natural sources like coffee, um, or tea would be a, a better option as well there. You need to look at your like, look at your sleep, look at your diet, look at your exercise routine, check out the mental health. I know this sounds like a lot of things that's like, oh, duh, duh, duh. But like, that's, those are super important things. Um, the other one thing I want to mention when it comes to caffeine is a lot of people will be like, okay, I need to cut cold turkey. I really don't recommend because... And of course, this is a little anecdotal. I'm not a mental health professional, um, but there is some evidence to support that caffeine boosts mood. And what I have seen is some first responders, um, especially those with anxiety, will like overbook themselves. And I'm also one of these people um, where they overbook themselves and they're doing a bunch of overtime. They're going all the time. They're drinking a ton of caffeine to keep themselves going. And then we cut back on the caffeine and the feelings come. Um, because cutting back on caffeine can actually significantly impact mood. So my suggestion is if you know you're really high in caffeine, and you're like, ooh, I'm kind of one of those overtrained kind of people, overtime training kind of people, um, you know, it might be a really good idea to work, again, good sign to work with a with a mental health professional who understands first responders while you're cutting back on that caffeine, because sometimes feelings come with that. Yeah, and you're right. Sometimes feelings come with that, and and I've read some reports and some science that say that, you know, caffeine increases anxiety. And so if, if you're going through, Mm -hmm. if you're going through certain situations or if you're already an anxious person that that maybe limiting caffeine is, is not, you know, not eliminating again because it's it's not horrible, but, but minimizing some of that use is probably the best. Oh, there was something else. Oh, I wanted to, I want to take a a second here and uh, acknowledge my coworkers who were bragging about their pre-workout the other day that, that it, uh, Mm -hmm. one serving started at 400 milligrams. And, uh, I, I, I I politely declined because even me who as much caffeine as I like to consume, that was just more than I needed to take in a serving. And then you're sitting here telling me that Mm -hmm. that's what you should have in a day. So yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a scary number. If you think about it, there's one serving in that pre-workout, it's 400 milligrams. 
Well, and what's the likelihood of you, you know, increasing that when it doesn't work anymore? Like oh, when yeah. I was in college, there was a uh, pre-workout called Jacked. Yeah. And it was like the cocaine of pre-workout. Oh, I remember it uh, quite, quite uh, well. Yes. This is how I make myself look cool. Um, is knowing that product, right? But it literally probably took out half of the frat boys at James Madison University. Um, and it was because they would just be like, oh, it's not working anymore. Let's take like three scoops and they're all hungover and having arrhythmias. Um, so, you know, just if it's, if you're building that much of a tolerance, like that's a concern, right? And more is not going to make you feel better. It's probably going to make you feel worse. So we can cycle off of that or, you know, take a half scoop. It's just, you have to understand that that week you cycle off, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. Yes. So, I, I'll yeah. give you another anecdote. Uh, Jacked, it was one of the pre-workouts that I used with my son when he was in high school and he, uh, he gave me a drink one day and he said, here you go. And he mixed it up. And I should, my first guess that it was not going to be good was when it kind of the top exploded before I could drink it. And, uh, Rat. and I said, what did I just, <laughs> of course, me being me, I just drank it. And then I asked him, I said, what did I just drink? And he goes, oh, I call it Jack explosion. Cause he had mixed jacked with another pre-workout, uh, no explode. And I was like, oh, so I'm going to die in this oh, workout. Oh God. Yeah. So, that's yeah. That's classic. Yeah. So, all right. So. Let's, let's talk about another hot button subject in my opinion, and fire departments use it quite often when they, when they do a physical a yearly physical, but BMI, what, what is BMI? Yeah. Um, so BMI is your body mass in my body mass index. So it's really a calculation of your height and weight. And in terms of like observational or epidemiological studies, um, we will use those to roughly get an idea of what people's body composition is. But the math isn't always perfect um, because it doesn't tell us body fat percentage or what's body fat and what's muscle mass. So it's pretty inaccurate. It's, it's usually a false high for very muscular athletic individuals. And it's usually a false low when we have like, um, typically it's actually Asian populations from my understanding. There's populations that are kind of like skinny fat, right? Um, so their BMI is lower, but their body fat percentage and their muscles, their body fat's high and their muscles low. Uh, and from my understanding, there actually have been studies on is BMI accurate in firefighters overall? And those studies support BMI as being accurate. And I will say, working with first responders and having access to an in-body bioelectrical impedance scale, which is a fancy scale that gives muscle mass and all of that, we have one, we have three in Fairfax. Um, I will say that BMI is relatively accurate. However, there are outliers and there are individuals who will come to me with a obese BMI over 30, but they're 15% body fat as a meal, which is really good. And, and their muscle mass is really high. So I, I, I'm not sure what your opinion or thoughts are on that, but, um, you know, it, it, it's an, it depends on the individual when it comes to BMI. It's funny because it, it seems like a lot of this is, it depends on the individual. Correct. It, it always is. Um, and then with the, uh, I always say with the flavor of your first responder, right? And that is completely different from the nine to five. So, um, you know, it's just hard when you go on the internet. <laughs> I do have individuals where the alive hive, but their body fat looks really good. And we're like, okay. Uh, and just for context, if, if you get your body fat percentage tested, um, if, if you don't have that at your county, uh, F45s, like, you know, those, I think it's Mark Wahlberg's gym. I don't know. Um, F45s actually will, or some CrossFit gyms have in-body scales typically, and they'll charge you like 25 bucks to use it, which I think is relatively reasonable. 
and you can get an idea of where your body fat is. For men, we're looking at under 25%, and for women, we're looking at under 32%. For general health. And, but that's actual body fat. That's not BMI. Correct. That's body fat percentage. And a, a novice question, but do they often run mm -hmm. similar to each other? Uh, well, you know no. what I'm saying? Like if you're 30% body fat, or you, maybe that's a silly question. Is your BMI going to be 30? You're right. I don't know. Really? No. So that's, I think that my understanding is that's what BMI is intended to say. If you're at 30, you're over, you know, actually, no, I don't think it is. No, I don't think it correlated at all. Okay. I'm probably sounding pretty dumb to some of the health professionals, but you know, it's Friday. Oh, I sound um, dumb to people all the time. Trust me. Yeah. That's yeah. Same. I'm, I'm used <laughs> you know, to I it. I mean, I make a fool out of myself on the internet all the time, you know? That's why I ask the questions <laughs> because I don't have to answer them at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I, but yeah, no, I would say potty thoughts are usually what I go with with firefighters, right? If I have to be a my but I don't want So we have a, a few things left on this list, but I also know that you have, sure. you have an appointment at three 30. And so uh, I yeah. know that we're going to, we're kind of pressed for time. And that was kind of on me because my Look. computer decided to, to reboot before we even started the interview. I really want to talk about this eating for potential fires or potential high acuity calls where we're burning a lot of calories, because I think that as firefighters, we eat like we're always going to run that two alarm fire mm -hmm. and there's no need to always eat that way. So right. what is it that you think we need for those fires and how do we get that without overeating? Um my suggestion is just to have a go bag at all times um, because you never know what type of calls you're going to be on. Like if you're stuck on a gas leak in, in the middle of July, like you're, if three hours is going to feel really rough standing, just standing there in gear, right? So it's probably better just to have some sort of go bag available so you have backup steps. And typically that go bag, I, I like to include a, at least a protein, um, some sort of rehydration solution, whether that's water, liquid IV, sports drink, whatever, um, or rehydration solutions, uh, and a carbohydrate. So, because those are the three things that you're looking to replace. If you do get to run a box or you do get to do something high intense, highly intense is protein, carbs, and fluid, uh, after those alarms. Oh, and then examples. Um, so what would I pack in that go back? Well, number one, I recommend Amazon actually has like a little lunch bag that has like a, a buckle clip that I think is great because you could probably just buckle it onto something in the rig. Um, and then uh, something that has like a temperature controlled thing. Uh, for protein, you could do chicken or tuna packet. You could do um, peanut butter. Not a super great source of protein, but I'll count it. Um, you could do a protein shake, which would also include the fluid, nuts and seeds, those kinds of things. Uh, a protein bar. Uh, in terms of carbs, we could talk about the applesauce pouches. Pretzels are really great because they also replace sodium, fruit bite, dried fruit, um, or a dried fruit bar. Like pine has some like fruit, like a fruit roll up for adults bar. Um, and then the fluid replacement, um, I always recommend just keeping a 16 ounce water bottle in there just in case for whatever reason you do not have access to water because that feels brutal. Um, and then an oral rehydration solution like liquid IV or drip rock, um, Pedialyte Sport also works. Those are like packets. Liquid IV is actually on sale at Costco right now. Um, yeah, the one I'm hooked, the packets, the one I'm sorry. hooked on now is LMNT. You know, it's, it's yeah, that, no. it's that replacement without sugar for me and that, that I like it. 
So, and, and I, I, a lot of firefighters really like LMNT. Here's where you don't like me. Um, okay. The, yeah, yeah. So the fun fact, and a lot of firefighters don't know this, but the sugar in liquid IV and drip wrap and all of these oral rehydration solutions was specifically formulated to help clean sodium across the membrane and waterfall is sodium. So roughly 12 grams of sugar is the amount that's needed to help pull that 500 to 600 milligrams of sodium across the membrane, which will help rehydrate two to three times as fast as a product that does not have sugar. Um, so it's kind of counterintuitive and that's the tricky part. Anytime people ask me like, oh, like what do I put on the canteen? Like how do I help firefighters um, eat for these actual alarms? And, it, and how do we do it healthier? right? It's always, how can we make this healthy? The problem is, is for these alarms, the biggest things that you are losing is sugar or just overall fuel, right? Because you're doing physical, hard physical work and sodium for sweat in the towels. So we actually have to replace that sugar. If, if you're trying to perform for a long period of time, like you know you're going to do a couple, like an hour of overhaul, or you have to continue doing work after, Sugar is going to be the quickest thing that gets uh, digested into your muscle to be used for fuel quickly. If I give you a bowl of quinoa, it'll be the fiber will slow down digestion, protein can slow digestion, and fat can slow digestion. So therefore, this fuel is not getting to your muscle as fast. Again, all of these things aren't the end of the world. But when you talk about seed and you talk about life or death, I'm going to go with the fastest option. And also, you guys usually complain if it's sugar. Um, and then the same thing with sodium. You're leaving. Um, firefighters can lose between um, 1 to 1.2 liters or 32 to 30 or 40 ounces of sweat in 30 minutes in a high-intensity hot cone. Uh, one liter of sweat can be between 800 to 1,800 milligrams of sodium. Mm. So it's significant losses. I know that was a really long tangent for um, Element, but that's why I, it's not that Element is bad. It's not that Element isn't useful. It's not as fat. Okay. No, it makes sense. I didn't, I, I did not know that about the, the sugar, you know, that, that ratio to yeah. increase, to, to bring yeah. the, the, the water in fast or the hydration in faster. Yep. So oral rehydration solutions like drip drop and liquid IV, that's what they're technically called is an ORS product. It was actually developed for the cholera epidemic, uh, oh. where they couldn't get IVs to certain areas. Right. So some doctors, you know, put their noggins together to figure out what formula will um, treat mild to moderate dehydration in areas that don't have access to um, IVs therapy. So, um, yeah, that's what that was developed for. You can actually make your own through like orange juice and salt, but it tastes pretty rough. Um, and it's also not very portable. So, um, also keep in mind, so liquid IV, um, it has whole for, it has wholesale, um, and they will remove taxes. So if your department is well, our department actually supplies it to our recruits and that makes a significant difference, um, from a performance standpoint and injury standpoint, um, drip drop will also, uh, donate like a box of a hundred for your department to try. So, you know, both of those products are willing to work with first responders. So. Uh, if you have access, like if you're a battalion chief or someone in charge of stuff, you know, give them a call or shoot me an email and I'll get you to the right person. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's fascinating. That's good to hear because uh, I, I love the fact that you guys do the uh, liquid IV for the recruits. I, that's, I, that's mm -hmm. an idea that I hadn't even thought about. 
Oh, yeah. It, it makes such a big difference. And it also trains them um, to to try the product, understand how the product works. Um, Fernando Vontes is an exercise physiologist. He actually developed a whole protocol with drip drop. Um, and, and I have like a graphic that's on my website for free. I think it's high heat hydration based on his protocol. And it tells you based off of the color of your pee, how many drip drops you should have before you go into a training drill that requires fire, like that is a fire suppression drill. Mm. Um, and it's up to like three prior to, if your pee is like brown and well, brown is a big red flag, you go to the hospital. I was going to say, you but might need something really more. <laughs> if you're if you're brown, you might need something more. But you know what I mean? Like really dark. Uh, like where it's pretty dark, it's like really not coming out. Then like three and you get to sit for a couple minutes and watch everybody do fun stuff because you're pretty dehydrated. Um, but most people like one prior to, it, it doesn't hurt just because of the significant losses and how quickly um, you lose it. And it's also just hard to replace because once you're hot and tired, like it's hard to drink um, for some people. So. I know that we have other things on the list and, and there's an, maybe another time we can talk about them, but I kind of want to throw a curveball and, and see if there's something out there that needs to be talked about that the, the lay person wouldn't even know is on the horizon. Is there something that, that's, that you've picked up on lately in a trend or, or in, in the science or whatever that, that you'd like to share about and, and, and kind of get out uh, there? I know I'm putting you on the spot. And if there the isn't, science. that's fine. Yeah. Well, even the science or like, I, not that I don't pay attention to science. I honestly pay attention to the science, but I really pay more the most attention to the lifestyle, which is why I feel like I've been relatively successful is, is by making things realistic. And um, with that, like one of the big things I've noticed lately that's been gaining popularity is that carnivore diet, which is concerning to me, um, which is basically a diet where you just eat meats and you don't do any vegetables. And there, the concern is that that he's have some sort of anti-nutrients and carbs have some anti-nutrients that are bad for health. And yes, they have phytates and oxalates. And if you have um, a kidney stone, an oxalate kidney stone, yeah, we're going to cut out oxalates because your body's not doing, it's, it's making kidney stones and those hurt like hell. So, um, but for the general person, like those things aren't really a concern, right? Um, so, my, my, that's really concerning for me. Like a carnivore diet is probably the only one that I would be like, no, don't do that. Because what are the first, the two highest health risks for first responders? Heart disease or sudden cardiac death at a fire um, or cancer. And veggies and fruit, plant contain, uh, plant based foods are really important to add into your diet because they're so high in antioxidants which are those things that can help clean out free radical exposures um, that you guys have daily uh, to chemicals and pollution and even gear, all of those things. Um, and antioxidants actually help neutralize free radicals by giving an extra electron to them. And then that way the free radicals don't try and scavenge uh, an electron from healthy tissues. Um, so, you know, while there are, sure, I'm sure you could have some health benefits from the carnivore diet, but it's missing so, so much from a nutritional standpoint, vitamins, minerals, um, fiber is really hard to get with that. So a lot of times people are hungrier. It, it's just my, my number one, probably not just idea diet right now. So, so stay away from carnivore. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And also, you know, typically the people promoting that also are promoting $200 worth of supplements that you have to buy in order to do it right. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
whole thing. So. And you talked about the vegetables, the fruits and vegetables having, having antioxidants in there. And I know one thing that I use to get, and and maybe, maybe this is not right. I'm not sure. But one thing I use to get some quick fruits and vegetables in is uh, like simple greens, or I use OptiGreens mm-hmm. from, from first form. Uh, what's sure. your, what's your thought on that? Is that valuable or is that just, is that a gimmick? Um, no, I hate, I hate vegetables, but I try to eat as many as possible. Well, and I know people are rolling. Some people that know me well are rolling their eyes right now. I do. I have, I have like four that I have on my normal rotation, but that's, that's what I do. Sure. No, no, no. I don't. So here's the thing. I don't hate it, but I don't think it's a replacement. So like if someone is not going to eat vegetables, we all know that one captain is going to pick the onions out of any mixed dish, no matter how much it's not, um, you know, then Yes, it's probably going to help replace some things, but it's kind of like a fancy, more expensive multivitamin. Like, so it's still not going to have all of the things that, you know, a fruit or vegetable will have, even if it's condensed down to a really small amount, right? Um, So it's not bad, but it's one of these kind of like, if you have disposable income things, and not everybody has that. So it's bad. Okay. If it helps. So it's not as, it, and I don't use it as my sole, I don't know, my sole source of sure, vegetables. Sure, I, I hear what you're saying. It's a supplemental thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It may have some benefit, but it's probably not. Some people report that it helps, and this is completely anecdotal. I don't have evidence to support it, that it actually helps regulate your gut a little bit, which if it does, fantastic. But I don't have evidence to say that that actually is. I'm going to guess that we could go into about an hour long discussion on pro and prebiotics as well. And, and so Mm -hmm. that's maybe Mm -hmm. a topic for another another time we talk just because we're we're going on about an hour now. And I said, I know you have your, your appointment coming up at three 30. I want to get into my last two questions I ask everybody and about, about an everyday carry. What's something that you, if you leave home without that, you you will absolutely feel naked if you leave home without it. Oh, if I don't have my water, I, I have to have my emotional support water bottle or I'm like, I'm right. Um, I get really cranky and I get a migraine and it's just not a big day for me. And uh, talking about water, let, let's go back to that real quick. What, what's the recommended mm-hmm. amount of water a day? Yeah. So the, I usually go with the Institute of Medicine's recommendation, which is 3.7 liters for men, which is 125 ounces. And then women is 91 ounces or 2.7 liters per day. And that counts any liquid, including coffee. Now, of course, if you are doing 125 ounces of coffee, I have more questions for you. And that's another concern. Um, but it, it really does actually count all liquids, including food. Uh, and then, of course, if it's a hot day, it's a treaty, you've done a lot of exercise, it might actually be higher than that. Okay. So that that's the rough, that's the guidance, at least. And then, like you said. Yeah you know, more if, if you're sweating more. Correct. And, and like I said, um, sometimes the, actually the starting point is 64 ounces. Those that classic eight glasses of water a day. And a lot of people struggle for that. So if, if those numbers sound crazy count to you, then, you know, start with 64 and go from there. Okay. And what about a book? Give me a book that you would suggest the, the audience read and, and just something that might bring some value to, to their, to their life or their experience. Hmm. Um, let's see. I haven't, I haven't been doing a whole lot of like serious reading lately, mostly because my brain is a noodle at the end of the night. 
Um, but I'm going to say instead of a book, <laughs> because I know firefighters really like pictures, right? Um, Precision Nutrition has some really great infographics. So like if you're, if you want some realistic advice now, while it's not shift work driven in a really easy to read format, I would say go to their website, go to their Instagram and they have some really good, like, how do I eat when my life is on fire um, in pictures <laughs> and portion control and stuff like that. Okay. So I understand about the book thing, because I'm telling you, you get caught up and you lose track of a day and, and, and. It's the, yeah. probably the last thing you want to do is sit down and, and hold something and uh, and read at the at the end of a long yeah. day. Currently, it's all murder books, um, and I don't think James Patterson is what you're really looking for. I don't know. I you know I, I call that stuff brain candy. I've got some myself, and so it's right. it's exactly what you need sometimes to unwind at the end of the yeah, day. I don't think there's anything right. wrong with exactly. that. I think that brings value in yeah. a different way. You know, listen, I work with firefighters all day. The first thing I want to read is a book about murder. <laughs> All right. So again, remind everybody where they can find you and kind of what you do. Yeah. So again, I'm Megan Louts. I am um, a registered dietitian specializing first responders. Uh, I have an Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, rescue.rd at rescue.rd. Um, and then on my website, you can actually get a free recipe book. Um, and that recipe book has 27 recipes for station dinners. Five to six dollars a head for shifts of six, ten, and fourteen. Half a pound of protein per person, with leftovers for your next shift. Um, and it seems to be gone. It's pretty well received in Fairfax. I've gotten some good feedback. The Cajun chicken pasta is pretty possible, uh, pretty well received, um, and that is free on my website. And there's also several free hydration posters that I made for Fairfax, and they let me put on the website for free as well. So that's rescuerd.com. Awesome. Well, I thank you for the conversation. Thank you for being patient as I had the technical difficulties at the beginning. And, uh, no problem. Um, we're going to wrap it up for, for today. And then, like I said, I still want to talk to you about, about something that's coming up in the fall. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we're out. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Things We All Carry. Head over to the website, thethingsweallcarry.com for show notes, resources, and to sign up for the newsletter. Until next week, take care of yourselves and remember to check in on each other.